That's right, folks. It's time for the Nerdy Point of View podcast, where we explore the nerdier side of life via random topics that we come up with and discuss for your entertainment. I'm one of your hosts, the literal worst, Brian Penaloza. With me today is the pun master herself, Carrie Penaloza. Hello, hello, everyone. That, what? It's like you pause as if you're expecting something. I don't know. Usually, I don't know. Usually there's there's something a little bit more. There's like, you guys say something and then like I start introducing the next person, but I'm talking too soon because you guys want to fucking read War and Peace to the audience with your intro. So I was just shocked that it was so short. I am so tired. This is like the most you're getting out of me right now. Okay. Back with us from the depths of wherever someplace in america (laughs) we have the villain of the show martin franklin from the depths of the heights of the mountains of north carolina there you go returns to england Uh, (laughs) yeah it's good to be back it's good to be back with you it's good to have you back see you see how martin added a little yeah it's it's good to be back you know like Something. Well, he had, you threw in like a little bit extra for him, you know, like this whole depths thing. Like you didn't even really give me something to work with. He gave me the usual spiel of like the pun master and I got no puns because every time there's like dead silence and groans. So I thought I'd just, you know, throw you a bone and just go something simple. But, you know, whatever. Call me out for it. <laughs> and he's so chatty. Maddie Faust. Wow. Starting the trolling early. <laughs> um and uh carrie no i i love the puns so yes, keep them you coming do. you support yes, my puns and i love you for you're it. full of shit maddie no one likes them <gasps> hashtag pun life yeah yes. hashtag i'm filled with regret that <laughs> we're all friends um, <laughs> I, just take, I take puns on a pun by pun basis you know some are good some are bad but you can't judge them all well here's the thing some are bad some are even worse i think is what you meant to say this is okay this is actually appropriate yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Um, I love them, and that's okay. You don't have to love them. I mean, it, I it's love okay. them for you. It, it's okay. We can't all have good taste. Um, <laughs> you guys can't see it, but Maddie just rolled his eyes and gave me the the biggest fucking like sigh on planet Earth. With that, let's jump into some topics, shall we? I want to have a conversation. It's been a while since we've all just had a conversation, you know. Just threw a topic out there and just discussed. Right? 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 Yeah? 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. It's been a while, for sure. Yeah. So, I was thinking, uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake just came out. And uh, to say that I am so excited that I have had the biggest excitement boner of my life over this game is an understatement. Really excited to play this game. Resident Evil 2 is probably my favorite all-time game, hands down. Since I first played it in like sixth grade at a friend's house while he was having a party and I was bored. Um, so for them to remake it with current controls and the current graphics and, uh, you know, the only downside is Matthew Mercer is not voicing Leon Kennedy and he is my Leon Kennedy. Um, aside from that one misstep, I am super excited for it. But it kind of got me thinking. Um we're so inundated in movies and TV and even video games now with reboots and remakes. Um, is that, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Um, you know, is, is the entertainment industry out of fucking new ideas? Uh, 
I mean, it's a good question. And I, I think, uh, you know, even Martin kind of mentioned earlier, even music does this. You know, they recycle old music or, you know, they do covers or updates or what have you. So no branch of media or entertainment is uh, is immune to this. What are you guys thoughts on that? Well, you know what I think it is? I think that all the fans, uh, like especially, you know, all these Marvel remakes and all this like Resident Evil fans that had played it as children or teenagers or what have you grew up and they're like, I want to do something with this. Like these are the people that are in this industry today were fans of it in the past. And I think they're just like, well, I want to kind of update this and I want to see something more of it and kind of give it more exposure. Mm hmm. Yeah, the people that grew up with it are now in an ability in the positions to exactly. reimagine it. Yeah. I also think that we might be in a bit of a position where we're kind of waiting for like a next big technology leap to be able to do the things that people really want to do. I think there's almost an element of like to improve on things at this point. I don't know, like maybe computers and things aren't powerful enough to do what they want. And so they're like, well, let's look back and just make that stuff better. Um, That's a fair point. That's a that, fair that point. very well could be. Because I know a lot of those games were like kind of good despite their flaws, right? <laughs> Rather than being, um, and so now they can just be like plain old, like well-rounded. How dare you say Resident Evil Two was fucking perfect? See, I never played it. I I I, played, I saw the first one. Uh, I saw my dad play the first one. Saw that first zombie look up in the very first cutscene in the first Resident Evil, and like never looked at one again until like Resident Evil Four on the GameCube or something. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've, I've played them all since, and Seven's one of my favorite games, and I am so stoked for this remake. Like, I cannot wait to get it. I've already watched, like, two playthroughs and still want to play it. Like, that's how <laughs> good it is. So, um, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think I think both points have kind of some validity to them. Uh, when you look at uh, before, I believe, before Final Fantasy VII was getting its remake, there was a fan remake being made. Yeah. And so I think there might be some truth to that. Although that said, a lot of times these are people who have these skills. They love something of uh, very much. And it's also kind of laid out a skeleton and a framework for them to be able to expand upon. Um, because coming up with new ideas is fucking difficult. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Very true. You know, I, I do that every week as a DM. I try to come <laughs> up with new ideas and new story hooks and, you know, new challenges and shit. And that's super fucking small scale because my budget isn't millions and millions of dollars with that kind of pressure on me. So I think and this is this is my cynical view of it. Um, but I think what it boils down to is here's a proven property that did really well that people love. Here's a minimal investment to remake this thing that people know and love and make it prettier, maybe update the, the controls or maybe update the uh, CGI, you know, if it's a movie or what have you. And then we're going to just we're going to put it out there and people are going to buy it. There's an installed audience for this. Now, that does sometimes backfire when they do a shitty job with it and they get yeah. torn apart. But by and large, you don't have to put as much effort into something like that as you do a completely new property that you're building from the ground up with all the marketing and, and everything to get people interested and invested in that. Yeah, I I think that honestly, I think your point is. Uh, completely valid there and honestly I think that's probably um, 
at least the reason that the executives agree to these things. Yes. Yeah. Um, sure. Whereas, you know, maybe the creators uh, either can't think of new ideas or they truly do. Like they grew up with this thing. They love it. They want to bring it back. They want to do something with it. But then when they take it to the executives and say, hey, this has an audience, this has um, a following like we can and we don't have to spend as much. So like, you know, it it's more likely to get approved. Um, I think it can be a combination of things. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, obviously I don't, I'm not a video game person. Um, so I can't really speak to that. Um, but I do know, uh, television pretty well. And I mean, it's rampant. Uh, and it has been rampant in television for, um, especially the last decade where it's all about bringing back shows from the eighties or the seventies or, uh, even the nineties and stuff. Um, and sometimes it's literally, um, they can't come up with new ideas. You know, like they try to make these new sitcoms and they're awful, but okay, well, we can't, these things don't resonate. So let's bring back Will and Grace and Roseanne and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah Roseanne went real well. well. It's like, we well, tried making something new and you didn't watch it. So what do we do? <laughs> like, but, you know, yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, I mean, personally, I was really excited about the Will and Grace uh, remake and I watched it and it's good. You know, it's, it's nice. It's comforting, you yeah. know, to see them again doing their thing. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just, I don't know. Uh, I I do think that there's just a, sometimes I feel like there's a laziness almost in the creative circles when mm-hmm. it comes to some of these things. But I also think it's the audience too. Yeah. Um, the audience gets comfortable with something. Um, they, they're getting, I don't know. Um it feels like people just they don't want to give new things a chance anymore it feels like um well i I think also the validity of it depends on whether the company is stopping everything else they're doing to do it you know like if you have a side team that's just going through your old back catalog and make them look nice and pretty and shiny and modern controls amazing but if you are literally not doing anything new at the same time that's when it feels incredibly lazy Mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong you can do it if you're going to make the money off of it because i know for myself i've always wanted to play these resident evils but i'm not going to go and find a half broken playstation in an old <laughs> store somewhere or i'm not going to go to the effort of downloading emulators and stuff because i i'm not going to if i'm going to sit on my computer i'm going to play something else but if i can get it on my console and look at it and it's all shiny and new and experience it like that's great as well it's like a second chance for me um, I've got news for you then, buddy. <laughs> you can download pretty much any of the Resident Evil games uh, for pretty fairly cheap. Um, like the Resident Evil 1 remake uh, that they did on GameCube. Mm-hmm. Uh, Resident Evil 0, which is actually really, really good. Uh, and I think the only one you can't really get is Resident Evil 3. Um, but Code Veronica's on there. Pretty much every Resident Evil except for Resident Evil 3. Uh, you can actually get on console or PC. Is three the bad one? I remember no. there's one really bad one. Three's a good one. I like three. I like okay. three a lot. That's where the Nemesis was uh, introduced. 
Okay. Uh, and my all-time favorite character, Nikolai, played by Zach Ward in Resident Evil Apocalypse. Cool. Shout out to Zach Ward. We're still oh, waiting for you to respond. That was the animated film? Uh, no, this was the what? second live-action movie. Oh. <clears throat> Damn, because the animated film's pretty good as well. The animated films are really good, and Leon Kennedy is voiced by Matthew Mercer. That is Matthew Mercer in that, is Yes. That? It's a good time. I remember they even did like a, bo- a bloopers real for that yes that was weird an animated bloopers real yeah (laughs) like but they're not real this stuff didn't happen to them (laughs) (laughs) i like to think of it like they flub their lines and then they're just like fuck it let's animate the uh, the flubs (laughs) let's just go with it but it's still just super weird (laughs) so odd but going back to the sitcoms that maddie was talking about i have to give props to the uh, creators of Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Riverdale yes. because they took something that already existed yeah. but made it their own. They added like mm-hmm. this dark twist to it that I really appreciate. Like I did not expect to get into Sabrina as much as I did, but I finished it in pretty much two days. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And so like I kind of like that idea where they took something that did have an audience, you know, and a lot of fans out there but still made it their own. They added their own creative twist to it. And that's something I can really appreciate. Yeah. Some Mm -hmm. people are doing it and they're doing it. Well, unfortunately, a lot of that, uh, tends to come from the streaming services or cable, uh, channels because they run, they, they only ask for so many scripts. So, you know, the creators, the writers, they can, they can actually take their time and make like, six or eight or 10 really good episodes instead of having to like write 24 for like a network series um and trying to write 24 awesome episodes and everything like that um you know it's the 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 model for uh television has definitely changed oh yeah Um, so and it's really American television is really starting to like move towards what British television is like, where they make a series of six episodes or eight episodes and, and they're good. They're usually, you know, because they, they really focus in and hone <laughs> in on those in general, you know, like, or they can be, they can be. You but know. no, you, I definitely agree with you. I've always looked at American seasons. Sometimes and you're like, uh, how many episodes? This is like four years <laughs> worth of watching. What the heck? It uh, really is. And um, but, you know, and the it's hard to maintain quality over that. You absolutely. Know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, then <clears throat> back to TV for a quick hot minute. So, you know, even things like like American Horror Story. Now, the first season of that was superb. Uh, after that, it kind of s- slowly goes downhill until it like goes off a cliff. So in their brilliant minds, they decide in the newest season, let's go back to what we did in the first season, which ordinarily would be great, you know, but it just it feels it's so again, I feel cynical about it, but it's just like, OK, well, we know we're losing people. Let's go back to the thing that they love and just redo that. Hmm. You yeah. know, so now you're getting these shows that are just doing it to themselves, cannibalizing themselves in the same season. Uh, then you have other the weird things. Premise of that show. <laughs> Wait, what was that? Sorry, it just undermines the premise of the show to go back to something like every season was something new and it moved on. And it. Well, you know what was weird about that is after the first season of that show, 
everyone's like, okay, how do they do a second season? This show was, you know, this was what it was. And how do they do a second season? And what most people thought and what most people wanted and no, nobody ever got was going back to the murder house and doing it with a completely different cast and their experiences. And it kind of like almost an Amityville horror kind of thing where, you know, oh. this house is the main character and everybody else is a support, a supporting cast hmm. um, doing it that way, which would have been super cool. Uh, they probably still would have run out of ideas eventually, but that's kind of yeah. what you wanted to see. Um, That's interesting. So, so I, I self-confessed. I, I've I've really liked most seasons of that show. For me, it's one. Some, it's something that I can just watch, and there's absolutely flaws in all of them. But I've never had as many issues as other people have. But it is one of those shows that's just a little bit like you kind of want the good ideas to go on longer. The problem with doing so many different things is you get so many more bad ideas in that. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> That would have been a cool thing. Just, yeah, like you say, the house be the main character. Sort of how Haunting of Hill House was. Like, yeah. Which, everything went off, but it came back. Which also is a remake. Um, <clears throat> yes. Yeah. It was a remake because they did two movies. There was the original The Haunting, the second The Haunting, which from what I understand is the worst version, and then The Haunting of Hill House, which is the serialized Netflix version, like, what, 10 episodes? Yeah, but every episode that. is fucking good. Mm -hmm. uh, so there is merit to it and I'm not saying remakes and reboots are bad by any stretch there's a lot of them that I really like but for every Haunting of Hill House you have you have the Exorcist series on CBS <laughs> or whatever fucking ABC I don't know who did it um, but you know it's that's super weird and that's that's where I get cynical with it is like okay we have the Exorcist it's sitting on a shelf we haven't done anything with it for a while <laughs> let's make it a TV show yeah and some of those work like Bates Motel uh for all intents and purposes, was a good show for a lot of people. I never really watched it. It wasn't my thing, but generally well-received. But then you have The Exorcist, which, how do you make that a TV show? It's mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense to me. But, I mean, yeah, I guess that's why I'm not an executive at a big TV station. I think the thing that is helping a lot of these films becoming TV shows thing, though, is the binging thing, because I don't think you could really make suspenseful TV. I mean, you could. But the way a film holds your suspense for two hours, say, um, by constantly building up and music and atmosphere and things is ruined if you then suddenly slap a, a commercial break every 50 minutes and then they've got to wait a week for the next one. But now people can binge them. So all of a sudden you can make it like a much longer film, basically, and maintain that suspense and stuff. Which is um, great for your Netflix and Hulus of the world. Yeah, but exactly. Network TV is doing this, and, and it's not. They have I mean, the commercial breaks, sure, but yeah, yeah, like well, the Lethal Weapon TV yeah. show. Exactly. And I I tried to watch it. I gave it a couple episodes, and I was just like, it doesn't have the heart and soul of that series. It right. it feels like a clumsy cash in on the name. Well, that's yeah, exactly so. what it was, and exactly what like things like Dynasty on the CW, you know, or something like that. It's like oh gosh no don't do that <laughs> like uh i don't know i i think uh i think network uh like the television networks like abc and all them i think they're just trying to stay relevant you know they're mm -hmm. trying to uh you know in, in a in a place where television's on a high point you know, there's some really great television being made. And 
when award seasons come around and stuff like that, those networks ain't getting any nominations anymore. They're not getting any awards anymore. And, you know, <laughs> quick, unless, what, what got us awards? Let's do uh, that again. <laughs> unless yeah. they have like Alice and Janney on their show, like, forget it, you know? So I don't know. It's, I, I feel it does bad. feel like video games are more capable of getting away with remakes, though. Then, like, if you remade a TV show or a film, you're just making a scene for scene equivalent, right? Whereas a game can do that, and people are like, amazing. This is, look at the graphics now. This is everything. But if you did it with a film, you'd be like, but we've already seen this. So, like, you have to do a reboot if you're in TV or if mm. you're in film, right? So, you have to put your own spin on it, I think. Well, you also uh, don't have to worry about casting actors. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you do, though. Yeah, well, voice actors. What yeah. I'm saying is, you don't. You can literally create with a video game. You can create the same person, you know, or whatever. The yeah. same, like okay. Uh, and what I'm saying is, yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, like your your thoughts about the the um, the horror story show. I mean, I think a big part of why they kept changing the show, you know, like is because there is a a base of actors that mm -hmm. they wanted to work with um and were good you know the i yeah can't remember her name she is like the she's the blonde that's in all I know of them you mean. oh yeah well, i can't remember her name either um and i oh i but like she's geez, phenomenal she's a great actress and they're like yeah. okay we you know if we do this this concept like we can keep these same actors these great actresses and stuff like that and bring them back and playing different roles and you know like getting that kind of talent every season isn't easy to do also you know so i think there's also that that aspect to it that probably plays a role now speaking about all these reboots and everything there's a national treasure that most of us out there all love and we're really upset when it ended. And of course, I'm talking about Firefly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, now, what would you think? Like, what would you be your reaction if they announced that they're going to do a reboot of that? Would you want them to touch it? Or would you be looking forward to it? At this point, leave it alone. It's been too yeah. long. I, I think for me, it depends who would be involved. Yeah. If Nathan Fillion was involved at all, and like made sure it's kind of stayed true to what it was. I might be interested in actually watching that. That's fair. I, I honestly think that's the thing between a positive, like a successful reboot or whatever, and a negative one is whether you have people who have, who like maintain that link, that like heart link to the original, like who are open to new changes and mm -hmm. stuff, but who keep the core of what it was. Um, yes. So yeah, like if it was just corporate people in office going like people are going to lap this up, it's probably going to fall flat. But if it's yeah, but I mean, Bill Murray himself was endorsing the hell out of the Ghostbusters movie and talking about how he wanted to see it with these these actresses and stuff like that, and that was critically panned. And uh, but was he involved in it in any way? That's the thing. I don't like, think he was. I don't. I don't think he was directly involved. But he was. He was quite vocal about his support. You know, of like Christian Wig and and. Uh, well, they're all amazing. Like they are. You know, Wig is, again, great. But yeah, it's just they didn't have a lot to work with. The writing was bad. 
I mean, yeah. and again, that's the yeah. thing because the original yeah. Ghostbusters was it Harold Ramis that did a lot of that? I can't remember I'm whether he was sure. involved in it. And... I think Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd wrote it, I believe, and it was directed by uh, Ivan Reitman, whose mm-hmm. son is doing the the new sequel. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't. Oh, did you guys not hear about that? I yeah. I knew that they they were thinking of doing in like the original universe or whatever, right? Like, no, they're not thinking of it. It's it's happening. There's it's a, actually going ahead. There's a, te- a teaser for it and everything. Oh, yes. no. Okay, yeah. so if Joss Whedon then was involved with this reboot of Firefly, I think that would be if Nathan Fillion, Joss Whedon. Let's throw in Alex Trudick there. Trudick, Trudick. <laughs> I can never remember. <laughs> Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. See, I always confuse it the Jeopardy guy. Good old uh, Alan Tudyk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, real popular at the Cat Club. I think it's Tudyk or some Tudyk or something like that. Um, hey, if he if he wants to write in and let us know how to pronounce his last name, <laughs> I'm totally open to this. But we no, formally like, invite I, Alan Tudyk onto the show. <laughs> But no, like, I think it would be cool if kind of Joss Whedon wrote it and we had, like, obviously Nathan Fillion involved with the creation of it, but also had him and Alan, like, kind of feature in it as well. Like, maybe not be the main characters anymore, but it would be really cool if, like, they had this new cast and they're doing their thing and they came across. Oh, I can't because Wash is dead. Yeah, I've been thinking about this all the time since you mentioned him. I'm like, I'm going to cry. Yeah, I oh, I'm kind of there. God damn it! Yeah, I think that's why this can't work. They did the movie Serenity, and that kind of Ugh. closed the book. Yeah, you know, there's I still mean, adventures I... that could be had, but I don't think it was so long ago. Now, I mean, what was it? Almost almost twenty years ago? They came out oh, of no one. I forget. God, probably. Um, but it's still such a vibrant universe, though, right? Like it is, but. My my point is it it got one season, and and I'm sitting here looking at a, a Mal Reynolds uh, Malcolm Reynolds action figure literally right behind my laptop, but I don't think I don't think they can recapture the magic, and what it was. Yeah. I think that yeah. it it had its time. There was a window to do this kind of thing, and I feel like that window has closed officially at Wait this a minute, point. Guys, it's a bit of a a. a like a rose tinted glow around Firefly, I guess. In a which, way, yeah. Which kind of is funny because I'd like to know who looked at what Fox did with Firefly and was like, "Yeah, they should have the Fantastic Four. They're going to do a great job." <laughs> fair, fair point. Fair point. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't count it out, honestly, because they're look. They're about to put out a new. Uh, Star Trek show with Jean-Luc Picard centered around Jean-Luc Picard and I'm telling you I am fucking excited about that shit okay <laughs> I don't care I don't care how bad Nemesis was I'm like oh give it to me love it Ugh. I can't wait to see how well he does uh, when they only have five minutes in between oxygen tank breaks for him to be able to act oh <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> I know. Um, I know we have gone a bit long on this one, but like, I think the other thing with the reboots is, is the whole thing about like just on this Firefly and Star Trek and stuff. Like, I've not seen it, but I've heard amazing things about Orville. Is it the Orville or something? Oh, uh, yeah. Second, final one. And I think the thing with reboots, in a way, is 
does it kind of mean that we don't watch those things when they come out and then the good stuff dies but then that'll become a cult classic in 20 years and then that'll get rebooted instead and it's like is it just a perpetual cycle of us missing current things because we're always looking back and then oh. you know yeah could be. Just blew my it. fucking mind yeah <laughs> like um, but that orville um, is genius it's yeah it's, i don't know that when you say orville i think of popcorn and I think of a I, green bird in a diaper. I, I think <laughs> the name to because it sounded silly. You know, it sounds like Orville Redenbacher or something like that. Exactly. But, um, Which let's talk about majestic fucking names for just a second. Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> yeah. God bless right. that man. <laughs> yeah. He's the Virgilio yeah. Dan Dan Balfango of popcorn. <laughs> yes. God bless you. <laughs> well that's the first i've ever heard of the uh the orville um but you know we're always learning new things really? and oh. speaking of always learning new things maddie i believe you had a topic i do um you know because i find it really fascinating that you know i sit here at age 41 um and I've learned a lot over the years. I, I like soaking things up. I like to try new things. I like to, uh, if I don't understand something, I want to read about it. I want to figure it out. Um, and I have been, you know, I've been, I started this, uh, shop. Um, I've been really just digging in into the graphic arts and stuff like that. And, and I am learning so much at 41 that, uh, you know, like this is stuff I could have been learning when I was just out of high school or something like that. Um, and I'm curious about like, what are you guys like learning right now that you're excited about? You know, I, I'm, or, you know, just learning, learning new things in general, because I feel like we're always learning something new. Mm-hmm. Who wants to take this one first? I think Martin should. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, well, I was actually going to chime in on it because I feel like I'm hitting a point of very similar stuff. And I wanted to say regards to like the, the time and the age thing. I think the thing is, is that I don't think we realize how late in life a lot of people do learn stuff. That we pressure ourselves so much to do things. And I know I'm currently on a journey into um, down the road, years down the road, becoming a counselor. It's the thing I've spoken about before. But every time I've ever been in a classroom or been to any kind of meeting, I've always been the youngest person in the room. And I feel old. Like, you know, I turned 30 this year, for example, and it's not old at all. Um, but you always think that, oh, I'm going back into study. I'm, I'm, you know, everyone's going to be like fresh out of college or whatever. And it's, it's not. And it's because your life experiences turn you onto the things you want to do. Some people are really lucky and find them straight out of the bat. Yeah. Or they just don't think to try other stuff, I guess. I don't know. But, um, but we've actually been on a very similar thing right now, doing a lot of different design stuff, learning things. Um, I think the, we're part of a community that's really good in terms of we get a lot of inspiration and stuff. And the downside to it is that there's also a lot of different um, uh, creative methods. Yes. So it, 
it's really daunting to learn stuff because you're like, well, which one is for me? I don't know. Where do I go? Yeah. Um, I think, have you gone with the Adobe software as yes. well? Is that what you're, yeah. So I think we're both using the same like software at least. Yeah. Um, and and I it is, sometimes. Yeah. it's not, it's not easy stuff. Uh, you know, especially if you are self-teaching yeah. or self-learning. Um, and that's, that's like my modus operandi my entire life is, is self-learning. Got you. Um, and, uh, you know, I was that kid that my dad tried to teach how to ride a bike when I was five. And I was like, I don't want to do it. Uh, I was like seven years old. I went out, grabbed the bikes, figured it out. You know, it was just one of those things. I'm, that's how I, how when I someone tells you to be ready, it's when you're, you're ready, you'll go and do it. And yeah, yeah, and I'll just, I'll go figure it out. I'll learn it. You know, I'm, um, you know, if I need help, I'll ask questions, things like that. But mm-hmm. no, I, I'm very hands on in that sense. And, it's yeah, it's not it's not super easy. But I was thinking about that too, about the community, because this community really fosters creativity and it thrives on it and it uh promotes it and uh celebrates it in a way that uh the more time you spend around or you know immersed in this community, the more you want to create and and try new things because you have so much support around you and so much uh, enthusiasm for what you're trying and what you're learning and what you're doing. And, um, and I think that's like really special and unique. And I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. It's pretty important. It's, it's a bit of a double-edged sword with any of this stuff because sometimes you don't hit the nail on the head and, as with any creative pursuit, you suddenly feel like everything you've done is invalid or that you'll never do the right thing. But that's where the persistence comes in and like the knowing that anyone who's anyone that's in any position in any community really has probably been doing it longer than you have. <laughs> and like, I get, I've been really down on myself a few times recently and then I've spoken to people and they're like, yeah, I've been doing this for five years and, I, and I'm like, oh, so my like three months is not that long then, okay. <laughs> All right thanks i'll keep at it <laughs> like because it's like what and, but you know you press buttons and you learn and you you mess up documents because you didn't save at the right time and then you undo you can't undo and it's it's all yeah. part of it it's um i mean kerry like you do a lot more like physical there's no c- control z no when you're back. like <laughs> yeah. no, there's, there's no control c on a wood burner yeah. <laughs> i have done so many times where like i'm about to start the next aspect of the project and i'm just like i wish i could save right now <laughs> like okay, save, and then if I mess up, I can just go back, and it's like no, no, real life doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yet, 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 this is the thing. That's right. Maybe someday. But well, uh, you know, you could control C, control Z, and control V. All you have to do is get two identical pieces of wood, make two <laughs> identical designs, and then if one of them turns out like shit, you just burn it, and mm-hmm. that's control Z. You did it. It never happened. Yep. It never existed. Um, that's yeah twice the work you know it's not quite as instantaneous as uh pasting something but i mean you can look at it that way i suppose <laughs> I, but, yeah, I did like, are you uh, either of you learning anything new at the moment what's going on with you <laughs> i'm hmm. learning a lot about immigration law <laughs> oh yes yeah so this is my thing and it's kind of it's kind of unique um, I'm the kind of person when I'm doing anything that involves legal paperwork, 
I don't just take the word of whatever attorney I'm talking to. I have to know everything about it. And when I say everything about it, I mean I go 25 Google pages deep and I read every single link and then whatever links are in those links, which a lot of times link to another link later in the 25 pages of Google <laughs> links. But it's this Ugh. roundabout clusterfuck circle jerk of legalese and like case studies, uh, attorney forums where attorneys are talking back and forth about thing, you know, like case law and shit like that. Uh, websites where people are asking attorneys questions and then attorneys are answering them and it's just on and on and on i will i'm the kind of person that i will be up till five in the morning and then i have to get up for work at six because i fell down this rabbit hole of law which is kind of funny because i was always told from a young age i should have been a lawyer and i probably should have been i'm really good at arguing with people and i have i have the drive to do it um I just don't want to, but yeah, it gets to the point where like when I, when I was getting divorced and I did, I couldn't afford an attorney and I was like, okay, I have to do this all myself. This is where I did kind of discovered that, oh, you can unravel the mysteries of the law. If you just read the most boring shit you've ever read in your entire life over and over and over again. And it took me like a month to do the paperwork, but when I submitted it to the court, uh, they're like, did you have any help putting these papers together? I was like, no. They're like, oh, it it looks really good. I said, well, yeah, I didn't want to waste my time coming down here unless I knew it was going to look good. <laughs> you know, because I was up at fucking four in the morning to get here. So I didn't want to have to do this again because I forgot to dot an I across a fucking T. Mm -hmm. um, so it, when it comes to the immigration stuff right now that, that we're working on, Oh, the rabbit holes I've gone down just looking and just making sure that everything is is good because, you know, we're, we do everything above board, you know, and legal. You know, we're not shady people, you know, but it can be as simple as, as making a mistake on like, you know, dotting the wrong thing that, you know, like denied. So that's that's the thing I've been learning a lot about. And boy, oh boy, do I know a lot now that I did not know before, like a lot. Mm -hmm. I know it's not as exciting an answer as making cool graphics or, you know, shit like that's that. That's perspective anyway. I think it is exciting. Like I'm It's like, fascinating. Yeah. It is fascinating. Like, finding out the reason why people get denied for immigration. Uh, the weird, there's some weird shit in there. Like, mm -hmm. weird reasons. Uh, very valid reasons as well. Um, some weird, like, things about immigration law or or things that can get you banned from the country and things that you can be forgiven for and like looking at one thing and be like that's way fucking worse and you can be forgiven and the other thing be like well that's like nothing um <laughs> it's awesome. super super weird and it makes you realize exactly what people mean when they say that the u.s immigration system's broken as fuck because <laughs> i did i couldn't speak to it from any informed perspective until like recently but oh it is broken as fuck like super broken mm -hmm. it's like part of me isn't surprised <laughs> like, <laughs> but you, you, you would just hope for better right like yeah i mean and it's it's tough to be informed about that kind of stuff because it is just so dry and so mm -hmm. it written written purposefully to confuse people I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Any any law that's out there is 
is written so that you or I can't look at it and be like, I know what this means. While simultaneously ruling out any possibility of other interpretation by people who can read it. Like, exactly. So only do I have to make sure that Simpleton can't. I have to make sure that an educated person can't weasel their way past it. Like, yeah, yeah. That and that's what's always funny about it. Bastards. That's what's always funny about it when they're like, if you go to section thirteen, subsection A, third section D three A L N, you will see that in reference to section fifteen, subsection C, which also references section. (laughs) 14 subsection z x y and you're like okay 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 i'm over here okay this is what this says it doesn't make any sense okay so maybe if i go here okay this made the prior part make a little bit of sense but wait now i gotta go to this third part well that invalidates both those other fucking previous parts it's <laughs> like a connect the dots you just connect all them together and then it's like an emoji of like the laughing at you expression it's just like yeah yeah Reading legalese is like doing the connect the dots to Russian roulette. Mm. Yeah. But then, like you say, it's the kind of stuff that if you take it seriously, you kind of have to do and you can't risk it. I mean, technically, I could pay someone to do it for me, and I am. I I have an immigration attorney, but I like being informed about the big, important things that I'm doing. Uh, yeah. And this is the biggest and most important thing that I'm doing. So I just I hate just leaving it all to someone else to figure out for me. Even if this person has a million years of experience and a great reputation in town and this is literally what they do for a living. I still want to be able to call with questions right. and like informed questions, not just, uh, so do I just need to file this paper? <laughs> Uh, you know, I want to be able to like, okay, so on this paper that I'm filing, uh, there's this one weird little question, and I know it can be interpreted this way, but it can also be interpreted this way, and I need to know what the correct interpretation is before I fill it out. Things like that. Yeah. That's my story. It's good. Story. It definitely, like, all of the luck I can offer as <laughs> you learn more <laughs> of this, take it. Like, yeah. There's a reason I'm batting shit insane. <laughs> well it's like the dedication thing as well like just to like compare the two like you go through these rabbit holes i'll take my laptop this is where you say it's exciting but it's not i'll take my laptop to a coffee shop and i'll plan to design for three hours and i'll stare into space for two i'll browse twitter for 30 minutes and then i'll spend the rest of it queuing for coffee and <laughs> so <laughs> it's like not a lot gets done in my it's just because i'm terrible but <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's like an artist thing though i don't think that's just you <laughs> Yeah, I'm just living the brand, the coffee shop hipster <laughs> like, <laughs> brand. So, oh, um, yeah. what about you, Care? I haven't actually. Well, I kind of started the basics of learning this new craft, and unfortunately, it's an expensive craft to get into. Hence, the oh. kind of slow pace of learning it all. But I've always, always been intrigued with uh, special effects makeup. Uh, awesome. Yes, especially when I started watching Face Off and I really got kind of an in-depth look of the process of you know, just making prosthetic pieces and everything like that. And I was just like, yes, yes, yes. Like, I want to get my hands into clay. I want to mold. I want to do all these steps. Maybe get someone else to help me with the molds because separating them, I could just <laughs> see a lot of bad things happening. But um, 
So I've kind of started. I because they say you can't really get into special effects makeup until you understand beauty makeup because you have to understand like face contours and everything like right. that. And so that's what I've kind of started with because beauty makeup, as expensive as it can be, is still a hell of a lot cheaper than uh, special effects makeup. So I've kind of started that and trying to learn all this stuff. God damn, is my skin suffering for it? I've got to like do some research on can stuff I can put on my face prior to kind of protect it. Right. But, uh, so, but I mean, I want to get it like the airbrush kits and, uh, prosthetic pieces and there's a lot I'm going to need. And like, it is definitely expensive, but I'm really, really excited to get into this. That's super exciting. Yeah. I'm guessing it's not the kind of thing where you can reuse a lot of stuff as well. Right. Because you're doing like, permanent things to like a mask for example a yeah. scar on a mask is gonna or what you know whatever you do i don't know but like no exactly once you apply the paint to it and everything yeah you can't exactly just like wash it off and then like okay yeah. good to go especially since usually you end up cutting it to contour to your face so you can't exactly right. apply it to somebody else's without some issues but so you can't just like make a toolbox and just turn up at a set and just be like, right, let's slap all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be like custom made. But that's why Halloween that. stuff always looks so shit because it's like exactly, it's not like to your mm. face. Yeah. Well, plus that stuff is pretty cheap. Yeah. Yeah, there's that too. You can't yeah. just control Z it. Oh, <laughs> I wish. Yeah. But I love it. Like sometimes you know they'll take something that's supposed to be a chin piece. And they'll apply it to like uh, the forehead region to create like a very unique brow look if they're doing something like monster or alien or something like that. So I love the creativity that's even behind it. It's like, oh, well, it's designated to be this, but I could also alternate to be this. And you get to put your own creative style into it as well. That's pretty cool. Thinking outside the box. Exactly. So it's something I outside really want to get chin. into. What's that? Thinking outside the chin. <laughs> yes. So I just need to ask though, I'm presuming this is not the is it John Travolta face off? This is something else that you oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cause when you first said it, I was like, I mean I guess. But like no. No, it's a show that was on sci fi, I think it was. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It just it's had its like, last season. Yeah. Okay. I'm so sad. And it's one of my favorite reality shows because whenever you see any kind of uh competitive or competitive reality show like this because this is what happens they're given a challenge every week and uh usually they'll do like one short one and then one major one at the end of the episode and of course they compete with each other to make the best one but mm. in all the other competitive shows i've watched there's such this hostility towards all each competitor that you know like if they see them doing something wrong you know they'll be like oh fuck them ha 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 they're going to screw themselves up. But in face off, they'll actually help each other. Oh, cool. And I love that. Like there'll be a lot of people who have problems uh, separating the molds and they will come and you'll see a like, crunch time. It's like the last 30 seconds of uh, like that not episode, but their time limit. And you'll just see 10 of them come together and they'll be sitting there like helping separating it, washing it out so they can pour their mold in to sit overnight. So it's just great camaraderie, even between com nice. or competitors that I just love. I like seeing that in those shows. Uh, so I watch a lot of Top Chef. Mm -hmm. um, I, for some reason, 
after after you know working all day and stuff like that it's the only thing i've recently been really wanting to just like sit and watch mm-hmm. and i've seen every season but oh i'll just rewatch them um but like the current season that's on right now in kentucky i think it is like those competitors they're all like buddy buddy chummy it's really i mean it's nice to see when that happens yep. you know you like to see um less of the constant bickering you know behind the scenes the whole like talking to the camera going like oh that dude's a dick you know or whatever and yep he can't really went that way for a while as well wasn't it it was like every possible argument america's next top model holy shit the (laughs) cattiness there is insane and uh shit what's that one uh with rupaul as the host oh drag uh drag race drag race yes like the cattiness is just unreal. But you I, want cattiness in that show, though. I, mean, I was say that feels like that. Gotta have that, you know. Like okay, yeah, to a degree. <laughs> I mean, Ru- RuPaul's catty himself. I so. love RuPaul. I love RuPaul. I've got nothing bad to say about RuPaul. But let's face it, catty is kind of on brand. This yes. is true. Yeah, but I mean, I call with him sassiness. I don't really call it catty mm. with him. It's more sass. He's got sassy pants on or sassy hose he's got sassy hose in different area codes <laughs> it wouldn't really work if you took that kind of thing and put it in the great british bake-off though would it like just oh had the contestants themselves <laughs> off behind there i don't think that would really no no um i, I probably don't think that. uh i don't think mary would uh would ha- uh, hang there <laughs> no. No. i would pay to see this though mm-hmm. so fun fact about face-off because uh, i don't I think Carrie knows, but I don't think you guys know. Kristoff uh, of Cantrip Candles is a model on Face Off, or was while I was yes. on. Oh, he was really? one of the people that that's got the cool. makeup applied to them. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. That'd be really cool. I see. Another cool one is actually uh, Skin Wars. If you've ever heard of that one. Skin Wars. Damn. Yeah. It sounds kinkier than what it actually is. But <laughs> <laughs> it's I actually, don't know. It just sounds weird. It's, it's body painting. Kind of like a documentary on that. Okay, so it is weird. It's it body painting. Like, they've got the little like nipple covers on. and oh, they like to pop off. And, oh, some of them kind of do. If they use the wrong paint, they act up. Yeah. A it's just curls heavy. and there's nipples for days. Uh, can yeah. I can I title this episode Nipples for Days? Nipples for days. Yes. yes, you can. But uh, like, I feel bad for those models because they get all painted up, you know, and just like face off. But then they usually end up in these like contortionist positions and they have to just freeze there while the judges look and like, oh, yeah, oh. This. and they just sit there. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's got to be so uncomfortable, and it's... especially you're naked. So like your booty is right up there in the air, just like flashing it off for everyone to see and it's just like oh yeah i'm just here the window to the soul yeah (laughs) that's the title of the episode (laughs) um is that the one where like the loser has to take a shower in front of everybody yep yep oh really yeah they go into the shower it's like cut off you know like this misted and stuff like that but i mean yeah like they and washes the pain away oh yeah it's supposed to be some like artsy fucking like like have some meaning but all i can think is you're showering in front of everybody you fucking nerd (laughs) (laughs) 
And you know, like, they're going to be there for a while. That is a lot of body paint that they get put on. And, and they have to get it out of every crevice and crease. Yeah. Oh. I mean, at least they get to wear underwear. Not, like, on the top, but they do you wear panties. You don't want to be doing that in front of people. They Shoot. have to, like, lift it up and kind of get the underboob and, you know, all that fun stuff. Well, like, I find it hilarious when they're actually painting the girls. And especially for the guys. Like, I kind of wonder, like, is that... I know they say, like, oh, I got to see it in, like, professional, you know, but, like, they're right up close to the titties. And they're sitting there and they're painting it and the titties are kind of bouncing a little bit. And I'm just like, is it that, that thing, though? Like, when you zoom in on something enough, it no longer looks like that thing. So if you're kind of close enough, maybe it just doesn't but even I wonder appear. If that's weird for the girl, more. you know, like this paintbrush oh, yeah. going up and, like, you're just like, yeah, that guy's face is right there. Also, isn't it weird that the person who gets paint has to do the shower thing? Because they didn't paint it, so it's not their fault they lost. Right? <laughs> right? So why are they having right. to... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Double humiliation. Yeah. Awesome. Like, yeah. That's a rough life. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're paid well. Hopefully. Uh, yeah, they're probably living hey. the dream. Speaking of dreams, Carrie. Ooh. Yes. Topic? Yeah? I do have a topic, yes. This has actually been inspired by a dream I had last night because I have the weirdest fucking dreams. And so have you guys ever had a dream that in the dream you are aware that you've had this dream before? You know, and you're just like, okay, okay, I know what's going to happen. And you just kind of go through the motions of the dream because, you know, things just kind of occur in the dream that, you can't really avoid so you're like okay let's just go through these steps and get this dream over with but then in the dream things change like nothing goes right or nothing goes the way it's supposed to be and you're actually thrown off in the dream so they rebooted your dream and you're like this is what it was at all (laughs) this is the lethal weapon tv show not the movie oh no I've had the first type of dream. I've never had the second. I've never had what you're you saying your experience. No. Of course, I'm just. It sounds so unnerving, though. It was like, oh, like okay. For instance, like one instance of the dream is, and this is gonna sound fucking weird because it's my dream, but like this, I think like we were in space, and I remember like totally out of touch of reality here. I'm holding my breath because there's no oxygen. Like, sorry, we real are... quick. You know this dream jumped the shark because it's already in space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But no, seriously. like, And we're like, okay, we're going to die here. But I knew what was going to happen. And that was in like previous dreams, a shuttle-like thing crashes onto the planet. We're able to run inside and there's oxygen inside. Now, so I see it coming and I'm like, boom, okay, here it is. Now we just got to get inside of it. And... Then it got fucked up because the side that had the door into it was crushed into the ground. So we had no way to get into it. Now I'm just like, what the fuck? This wasn't supposed to happen. It's supposed to be on top. So we just climb up, get inside. Boom. We're okay. So I'm sitting there and I'm like holding my breath. I have a, my vape in my hand of all things. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I want to hit. In space, no one can hear you vape. <laughs> <laughs> but I had like the biggest temptation to vape and I'm like, mm, yeah, no oxygen. That's not going to work. Just keep holding my breath. And I remember like climbing up this ladder on the side of the shuttle with my vape in my hand, trying to find a way in. And my memory are always kind of 
pretty foggy, uh, so I can't remember full details, but I remember somehow we did eventually get into the dream. And it's just like small little details like that. And throughout the whole thing, because it feels like I just watched a, a full like two hour movie. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just little things like that just kept changing that kept throwing me off in the dream. And I felt like I had to kind of improvise everything. I feel like, you know how in Inception they have the spinning top that doesn't stop? Your equivalent would be like you'd like rip a vape cloud and then <laughs> if, if you're in a dream it wouldn't dissipate, you know? It would just like... <laughs> yes. Exactly. That feels like... That's, yeah, that feels like so... You're like, no, no, I know this. I know how this is meant to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is my dream. Why are you doing this? Exactly. Oh, that would be kind of cool actually if they did that with books. And make it more interesting to reread the same books. Like, like they could they probably do... Yeah, like, you know, like do something with a Kindle version yeah. where it's digital. And it's like the first time you read through it, you're like, okay. And then you're like, months, years later, you're like, I want to reread this book. Hey, they and did it with Black Mirror. They can do it with a book. This mm. is true. This is very true. Oh, my God. I would totally read the shit out of that. I would love that. Like they they exist. They're called Choose Your Own Adventure Books. I was going to say, yeah. is it like No, it? but no, but it's like Choose Your Own Adventure Books, but without the choice. You're just like you're reading through the book, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Wait, this, this isn't." Like Every time you turn the page, it, it like there's like a roulette of pages that you might get. Yes, yes. And then when you turn it, it this is your page. Oh my god, this needs to be a thing. Yeah, it would never That's work. That's a lot of words. Could you imagine editing that? Holy shit! No, no. Someone out there has to be up for this challenge. No, no one is. It would no, never someone, work. Someone, please, please. I feel like. It wouldn't be actually a rotating page, would it? It would be the rest of the book is rotating out. And every time yeah, you yeah. turn, it's like a percentage of which part. Of oh, I don't know. Oh. Actually, this is freaking me I out. Mean... <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I think this is turning into Inception. Is I... this a dream? <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to wake up and be like, ah, fuck, we have to get up and record. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Except for Martin, Martin who's been awake. How we always imagine the dream, or is this a different type of the dream? Would we be like, that didn't go how it always goes? <laughs> who knows why are we all naked i don't understand <laughs> hey we could be i mean the listeners don't know this is true welcome to the nerdy point of nudity yeah. <laughs> can you hear it is like our voice different if we're like nude or not this or if you nude, can don't worry guys i got nudie the nipple point of view nudie point of view oh Okay. We have so many prospective like titles for this episode. I love it. <laughs> and for our show name too, if we're being honest, if like, we ever need to rebrand, we're pretty. <laughs> yeah. We just have to look back through the last like five episodes or or twenty episodes <laughs> or I don't know. Probably every episode. I think we come up with a new name in every single episode. Yeah. Nudie point of view, possible. discussing the bare truth. I know the. <laughs> Ooh. I know the one we're not like, doing. Do they wear <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you, sir? Yes. Oh, I have to point out, actually, nope. on this note. No, just you wait. You don't. You don't know what I'm yet to say. Doesn't matter. Calm yourself. I know it's bad. Samadana. What? It, never mind. If, so, if someone out there is going to get that quote. Can we revisit that now. real quick? No, no. No, let me get out this. We watched the Deadpool um once upon a deadpool once upon a deadpool and absolutely loved it loved it so much and there was a point 
where he's like the he's tied to the bed. Um, like you like do. Hmm. Yeah. Who doesn't? But uh, he says something about like he's wearing just pajama shirt or a jersey shirt. That's right. And then he's like, "Why aren't I wearing pants?" And he's like, "Well, bears don't wear pants." So, in conclusion, Deadpool himself is saying that bears do, in fact, wear sweaters. Because first of all, specify pants if they didn't wear anything. First of all, he was wearing a jersey, not a sweater. So bears wear jerseys then. That was never the argument. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fine with bears wearing jerseys. The warmth of a sweater. (laughs) (laughs) That was literally my case. Was the warmth of the sweater because they have furs? They're already warm. They don't need the warmth of a sweater. But you're also saying about getting a sweater on a bear. So you're saying a bear would been like, listen, we're not doing this shit again. We're already an hour into the episode. We're not doing this shit again. We settled that, and then the episode is deleted and lost to time. No one will ever hear it again. I did hear it again, actually. (laughs) I just listened to it. Has been heard. Yeah. Well, okay, anybody who has it del- downloaded will hear it again. But if you don't, well, tough shit. You'll never know what we're talking it's about. Like, um, it's like PT. It's like the friggin' <laughs> Silent Hill demos, right? If you happen to have it now, that device is worth, oh. Like, <laughs> literally more, really. tens of dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, did you just call me Konami? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Yeah, sorry about that. That's if that makes you the Hideo Kojima cool. of this show. I mean, I'm okay, but I don't yeah. think I could even. Can, can that be how I introduce you from now on? <laughs> and now, the Hideo Kojima of the show, Martin Franklin. <laughs> the inside of my head does look a lot like all of the trailers to Death Stranding. So, yeah, it's it's not far off. <laughs> I don't know if I should be, like, sad or intrigued or turned on or all of the above. I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> Is it even a game? Is it just cameos? Ever-increasing celebrity cameos? With no game ever released? Like, who even knows? Guillermo del Toro anyway. knows. Ooh. Oh, he does, yeah. Norman Reedus probably doesn't. Though they're <laughs> all good friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just I just need to... Somebody sent me this. Um, in fact, I think it was uh, Nina. He's been on the show before, obviously. Um, we were talking about this the other day. There's a quote from Guillermo del Toro when he's talking up to, he was like a like a uh, up and coming like director or something, and talking about you know uh, how did you know what projects to choose? And he was like, well, you know, you can't fuck unless you've got a boner. And I think <laughs> it was that you know I'm paraphrasing, but it's basically on the lines of you know what you want to do, you know, like you know the project you want to take on because you'll get a boner for it. So. Man of wise words, you know. I just pictured uh, Jiminy Cricket. Instead of always let your conscience be your guide. And always (laughs) let your boner be your guide. That is not a thing. (laughs) I get a boner. That's the title of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I just... I just picture a little Guillermo del Toro on your fucking shoulder. (laughs) And always let your boner be your guide. I've just found it because I feel like I need to give him a bit more credit than what I've said. So his thing was, when I was in film school, Guillermo del Toro patted me on the shoulder, called me my boy, and explained why he chose passion projects over Hollywood franchises with the analogy, you cannot screw without a boner. Um, You know, poetic, really. (laughs) Words to live by. Beautiful. Always let your boner be your guide. That's what that boils down to. 
Mm-hmm. Oh. I, if I get a boner for something, I'm more going to be like mortified a little bit. I'm like, where did this come from? This is some Bible black. It's just a right dream. <laughs> it's, it's like the end part of uh, the trailer for Handjob Cabin. What? Uh, what? I don't what? have reference for this. <laughs> oh man! When we're done recording this, I'm going to send you guys a link. Oh no! We'll, we'll all watch it together. I'm so scared right now. It's amazing. Hello, audience. Please. <laughs> Um, speaking of dreams, though, uh, I had a dream. Oh. Yeah. Last night. The first one in a long time. It wasn't a dream like Carrie's dream. I don't think anybody has dreams like Carrie has. Um, <laughs> I think if we're all being honest with ourselves and each other. Yeah. That's pretty fair. But for backstory, um, we have pumpkins in the living room. Yep. And they've been in the living room since before Halloween. And the intent was to carve the pumpkins. They're very large pumpkins. But... We both had gotten sick and were just exhausted and just never got around to carving the pumpkins. So in the living room, they've sat until today, which is the 27th of January. Yep. <laughs> a couple days ago, I noticed a soft spot on one of the pumpkins, the bigger pumpkin. Uh, just a little, I don't know, maybe like baseball sized little soft spot right in the center. Not on one of the edges, nothing like that, but right in the center. And I poked it with my foot and it, it was soggy. I was like, it's time. <laughs> we need to... We need to destroy these pumpkins for the good of all humanity. Mm-hmm. And so we need to take an axe to the pumpkins. So last night, I had a dream about what would happen if we didn't take an axe to the pumpkins and we just let them sit. And they turned into like a a gourd slurry. Uh, oh. They just kind of melted into the floor and like trying to get them into a trash bag was a disaster. There was just like a big wet spot on the floor where they kind of just melted into it. It was horrible. I've got a glimpse into our future if we do not destroy these pumpkins. This alternate, horrific alternate <laughs> timeline. It is the darkest timeline. You might discover something in there, you know, like penicillin. That was from like moldy, what, moldy bread or something? So like <laughs> pumpkin-based cure going to come along? No, I don't know. No. I think they just need to go. I mean, it kind of <laughs> looks a little messed up at our place because we still have some Christmas decorations out, plus these pumpkins sitting in the middle of our <laughs> living room. So it just looks like holidays in general puked in our place. I like it. Every room's decorated for a different holiday. <laughs> yeah. And then boxes. Oh, because we do have the Halloween village still in the in the bedroom. Oh, we do. Yeah, but we plan to have that out anyways. <laughs> no, I know. It's just one extra fucking thing. Yep. <laughs> yep. Ow. I mean. Why decorate every year? Just leave them all fucking out. Exactly. No. I know. <laughs> I've never seen Maddie look so offended in my entire <laughs> life. I, uh, I've been. Uh. <laughs> Sound that says it all. Uh, what, what about your dreams, Maddie? Tell us about your dreams. We want to hear about your dreams. All of them. Oh boy. Um, Tell us you your know, most sensual dream. I'm not. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, the room is filled with pumpkins. Hey, Wait, no. <laughs> you'll never get a yes if you don't ask. That's true. That's very true. Uh, I, when I was a kid, I had, um, I don't know. I think I must have, when I was younger, just had an insane amount of serotonin. Um, because I, the dreams I would have were insane. 
I remember being three years old. Four. Three or four. Uh, oh, no, it was three. Okay. We were living in this house. I'm in my room. I think I was still, like, my parents quite couldn't afford a bed. bed so I still was, like, sleeping in a crib, you know? like, But it was, like, a big-ass crib. Come visit my big-ass crib. Because I was a big-ass kid. <laughs> um, you know, 10 pounds at birth, you know, a big kid. And there's literally little armies of cartoon characters, like, marching all over my room. And I'm flipping out, and I'm, like, I'm climbing over the, the wall and getting out of the room and running I mean, they're everywhere and it's insane and they're vivid and they're there. And I was a like, I had woken up and ran out of the bedroom and I could still see them. Um, not quite as much anymore. Uh, you know, you do things in your twenties that kind of kills the serotonin in your brain. You know, I'll let you take some guesses. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I still have some lucid dreams like Carrie talked about where you kind of know what's going on and what, what to expect. Um, but then I have those dreams where everything is like, or like nothing is going the way it should. Um, they're never the same dream though. You know, it's just, um, like I have that reoccurring dream that I, the reason I didn't learn how to drive until I was 25, um, where I'm behind the wheel of a car and I'm hitting the brake and the brake won't work Aww. and I'm just going, you know, and, uh, there's no stopping until I crash into something. Um, I still have that dream, but it's never like those loose things are really never with the bad things, you know? So when you crash into something, is it always something different or is it the same thing? It's honestly, I never really see what I crash into because I almost always wake up right before I do so. Um, yeah, I always, even now, yeah, even now I still wake, wake up, you know, before that crash happens, happens. Mm -hmm. Um, but usually it's like I'm going down a hill or there's like some like old lady in the crossing walk or something like that or a child or something like that in the middle of the street and I can't stop. And then before anything happens, it's like I'm, I'm jolted away. So, but other than that, you know, I don't remember my dreams anymore when I wake up. And if yeah. I do, it's like five minutes and then they're gone. Mm -hmm. I went through a period where I was like that, like a long period. And I kind of blame because uh, my doctors were kind of switching me on different pain medication and stuff like that for my RA. And for that period, I did not remember my dreams at all. Like mm -hmm. sometimes I had a vague notion. Maybe I had a dream, but for the most part, there was just nothing. And then I got to California and all my fucked up dreams just started to come back. So here I am. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but when you have these kind of lucid dreams, when you wake up, does it feel like you got no sleep at all? Um, I, I, I think it depends. It depends. 
Yeah. Honestly, I haven't had, I haven't woken up in years, really, um, and felt refreshed or like I slept well, you know. Um, you get over a certain age, it's harder to fall asleep. Uh, it's harder to stay asleep and uh, it's never that great. That age is 30. You have a lot to look forward to, Martin. <laughs> that age go. is 30. Oh my yeah. God. It was 30. Oh. On you. I don't get refreshing sleep anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you're British. Because <laughs> oh. I need a brand new mattress and a whole new sleeping schedule. <laughs> well, yeah. you know what has been refreshing? Hanging out with you, Martin. Having you oh, back. So it's much. wonderful. It really is. Like a breath of fresh, cloudy, foggy air. Because you're yeah. back in Britain. Good, good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that's the air quality in Britain. I don't really know. It's actually very good here. Thank you very much. <laughs> It was like near the coast, man. It's got to be nice, you know. Mm, nice and salty. Salty. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't love salty air? Come yeah, on, right? This is the thing. Like, I was up in the mountains for two months. You don't know what it's like to be breathing air that's like eighty percent moisture again. It's some. It's so you know. It's a different <laughs> system. I don't know what that that's like. Yeah, no. Well, that's right. it's not that bad, luckily. <laughs> It'd be like rainforest levels. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us today at the Nerdy Point of View podcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Captain Sugar Bear. That's at CPT Sugar Bear. You can also find me every other Monday doing episodes of Comedy of Strahd, a comedic take on Curse of Strahd. You can also find me DMing on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, DMing Taldoria New Dawn at twitch.tv slash Captain Sugar Bear. And now you can find me, Carrie, uh, our good friend Derek and Riley, playing Seven Days to Die on Saturdays. Probably not every Saturday, but as many Saturdays as we can at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at twitch.tv slash C-A-P-T Sugar Bear, uh, where you can hear grown men scream like girls and girls scream like grown men. Everything's topsy-turvy. It's pretty amazing. Also, lots of landmines and explosions and zombie dogs and vultures and all manner of horrible things. Also, check me out as uh, sorry Sergeant O'Bannon on Copperheart Podcast coming out in March. What day in March? I don't fucking know. Pay attention <laughs> to March. Look for it. It'll be there. I'll be retweeting it. It's a big month. You know, there's, there's plenty of days. It's like it's like the bacon cheeseburger of months. I'll let mm. you decide what that means. <laughs> <laughs> That's my birthday month. Like I said, bacon cheeseburger. Uh, Carrie, that. where are you on the Internet? What are you working on? You can find me on Twitter at Shrieky, that's S-H-R-I-E-K-E-E, and Instagram under the name Carelessly, K-E-R-L-E-S-S-L-E-E. And right now you can find me on Threads of Fate every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time playing Malkacha, my drow rogue assassin. And on Monday, or every other Monday, you can watch me playing Talia on Comedy of Strahd, which is fucking hilarious. So definitely check it out. And I'm sure there's other stuff that I have going on. But you know what? Just check out my Instagram or my Twitter and you can read all about it there. If you need a frame of reference for Comedy of Strahd, they recently acquired a wooden dick wand that shoots webs. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so good. 
But hey, Talia finally got over shitting herself of the curse. Oh, and perpetually smiling while doing it. Because she called, uh, fuck, what was her name? Madame Eva? Madame Eva Madame the chicken. Madame, yeah, she was a chicken. So she called her a chicken and she got cursed twice. That's highly offensive to chicken folk. That would have made Back to the Future an entirely different film if Mike McFly cursed people with that every time they called him a chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Martin, where are you on the internet? What are you working on? Uh, I am on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch, all under the username Grifolion, which is G-R-Y-F-F-O-L-E-O-N. Nearly forgot how to say that for a second. Um, Pretty much just working on design stuff, and I'm actually playing in a few games, but they're all kind of like behind closed door stuff, but I... I'm going to start tweeting about them a bit more. So, um, yeah, just basically come and catch up with me on Twitter. It's the main place. By the way, the way you say how to spell your name has completely informed how I do it now. It's like <laughs> when you were gone and I'd be, you know, mentioning people should t- follow you on Twitter, I would say it the exact same way. And it's the only reason I knew how to spell your fucking name. D L Y double F O L E O N. Yeah. And even then, I'm second guessing it. I'm like, is it right? I'm hearing it in an American voice right now and it just doesn't sound right. It's just not as fucking regal. I don't know. We had that thing the other day. We were um, obviously we were talking about our phone numbers and stuff. And it, it's weird when someone says your number back to you in a way that you wouldn't say it. It's like that kind <laughs> of vibe. You're like, no, that's not how my number goes at all. The numbers are right, but you said it all wrong. <laughs> uh, Maddie, where are you on the internet? Where what are you working on? Uh. <clears throat> You can find me all over the internet at so many games that with a Z at the end. I am on Soul Bear RPG Wednesdays and Fridays playing Dungeons and Dragons with Brian and Carrie. Uh, I also host a show on Saturdays called So Chatty with Maddie. And uh, coming up to is this airing on the first, right? On yeah. Friday. Whatever yeah. day that is, because I don't know days. So uh, <laughs> tomorrow, uh, come and join me because I'm going to be hanging out with uh, Snicklesox and Luis Abadias, the creators of the Retroverse. And then right after we hang out and do our So Chatty show, I'm running a one shot in the Retroverse with them and some friends. So come Very hang cool. out with us at twitch.tv slash so Maddie games and of course check out so nerdware because that's what the nerds wear and uh we're uh we've got awesome nerdy po nerdy pov point of view and all that stuff uh merchandise along with uh you know a bunch of bitch and shit and uh yeah i love it we love it that's the best store tagline i've ever heard <laughs> We got, we got shirts and shit. Check it out. Whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I'm I'm terrible <laughs> at, at talking about the shop. I did a show yesterday. I think I forgot to mention it entirely. <laughs> <laughs> and oh well. <clears throat> but you know, it's like uh if if you want to see uh you know awesome pictures of Carrie, come to the website because she is right there. Bam! She's so gorgeous. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I keep meaning to, um, I really want to get one of the random NPCs, like on a hat. Yes, I love that. I've got a lot of compliments on that one, actually. Uh, They are now available on polo shirts. Embroidered. Yes. Fancy schmancy. Fancy schmancy. (laughs) Too fancy for my taste. I'm screen tees or nothing. 
Oops, word. <laughs> Seriously, I have to get more pairs of those leggings because I know I've mentioned them so many times, but I love them so much. And again, those are another thing I get complimented on a lot. Hmm. Uh, actually, B's own mother complimented them uh, the, the other day when we were there, and they're just so soft, so comfortable. If you guys have chronic pain, they are excellent for it. It's those days where you just don't want to put jeans on or whatever. Super comfortable, super soft material, and just a kick-ass design. I absolutely love them. Well, I've uh, transferred that design to um, a dress prototype, nice. which I will be sending you very shortly. Very um, nearly thought you said you were going to be modeling, and I was looking forward to that. So. <laughs> um, you know what? The funny thing is, is that they do, uh, I can have them made for men. Uh, yes. Men's <laughs> leggings. <laughs> Really? No one wants that. <laughs> I um, swear to God, it is the funniest thing. I was like, I can't unsee that picture. You can't but, hide the cucumber. But now, um, I started buying uh, thermal like underwear and stuff like that just because I've been cold. I've been cold lately. Mm -hmm. I'm old. I get cold. And they kind of look like men's leggings underneath my pants. And I'm just like, huh, I could, I could design these. Uh, yeah i mean to be fair like it's been super cold here sorry i know going on about stuff but like i think you should do them i think people would get them i i oh, you know yeah. you can't say no to a good pair of like under jean leggings on a cold day yeah. i can Please. super Please. easily no b do not compare them to vegetables though after that fucking pita commercial oh. <laughs> i i can't just i don't want that connected to my favorite leggings please <laughs> We're not talking about the PETA commercial. Not no. today. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah, um, <laughs> don't forget, you can find the show on Twitter at NerdyPOV and check out all of our new episodes. You can no longer check out our Legacy episodes. They are dead. They are truly a legacy now. It took them out back. If Yeah. <laughs> we old yellered them. No. <laughs> Take that, PETA. <laughs> um, but you can check out our new episodes at nerdypointofview.com. Make sure to also check out our Facebook page and join our growing Facebook community as well. We even have a Discord channel if you're into that sort of thing. Reach out to the podcast on Twitter and we'll make sure you get a link. Of course, if you liked what you heard today, it would help us out big time if you could leave us five stars and a review on iTunes. For small shows like ours, every re review helps immeasurably. Or just go to our Instagram page and talk about us there. Post things. Press buttons. There's like little <laughs> hearts and you can even, if you yeah. like, if the little heart's too little for you to press, if you just press the picture twice it will like it i learned that and i know dick about instagram so <laughs> if i can figure that out you can figure that out and we've all figured it's something also worth out. mentioning that we are now on spotify yeah yes. yeah did it work I haven't checked. It's, it's there you can go you can listen it is um for those i know that for example i don't have many other apps on my phone for that kind of stuff so being on spotify any podcast being on there is great for me so yeah listen to us on spotify you know Listen to us everywhere. Download Just us on like six different places. Can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With that, uh, last bit of business. Maddie, you have been a rock star filling in for Martin while he's been in America. And I wanted to say thank you so much for filling in and being a trooper. Honestly, really appreciate it. Uh, we would have had to do a completely new hiatus if not for you being able to jump in there and, and help out. So, uh, wanted you to know that we greatly appreciate you and uh, thank you so much. And we, we love, love you. you. 
thank you for having me on it's been a lot of fun i you know i love you guys and uh this this has been a dream so thank you um and i was so glad to be back here for this episode to hang out with martin again i miss that guy so much (laughs) oh my heart you know i I think it was uh pretty good just to come back and like I say, I mean, I, I can't thank you enough for coming in while, while I was away. So, um, well, yeah. I'm no substitute. That is for sure. You're your, your own unique and wonderful person. Yeah. So yeah. be your own unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm down with that. We'll see that as a shirt later. <laughs> oh, yes. Trademark me. I just trademarked it. Everyone heard it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, with that, we are out. Peter, you suck. You suck. You really, really suck. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty fair. <laughs> <laughs>